understand the next time you play your family. And to me, there's nothing more important. Not gonna be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride. Welcome to a special bonus episode of Meet Us at Molly's. I am one of your co-hosts. My name is Gina. I am joined by Ashley. And tonight we are joined by a very special guest. We are joined by Mr. Chris Agos. Chris plays ASA Steve Cott on Chicago PD. So here we go. Um, first question we had. So you were slated to be in last night's episode, right? Yeah, I sure was. I went there and shot and everything. And um, that didn't happen. Did it get cut? It did get cut. Um, this is, I want to say, the second or third time that I've uh, shot uh, an episode and actually not made it. Uh, so it happens, and I was super disappointed that it happened last night. Um, but yeah, that happens sometimes. Yeah. Can you at least tell us what was in it? Uh, I can tell you what I shot. Basically, um, do you know the the scene in the car with uh, Voight and I think it was, is it Pell? Pell. Or he was like... Yeah, I can make I can make the state's attorney think this or that. So right after that that scene, we shot a scene in the courthouse where uh, Voight tracks me down and is like, "Hey, this is the guy that we think it is." And of course, I'm kind of skeptical and and all of that. And I actually uh, made kind of a crack which referenced um, Aaron's. Uh, thing that she did with uh in last season where she took a where she took a pistol and put it in the guy's mouth oh and i i kind of like you know drop a bomb like that like hey it's you know none of this is good if you're putting guns in people's mouths and he obviously did not like that so i'm not sure why that scene got cut i do know that a lot of other scenes uh also were were shot and didn't make it very often when something gets cut it's because of uh time time problems but i also could see that uh, the way that's that scene was was written, um, maybe it wasn't uh, like there was enough conflict going on in the episode already. And for the state's attorney to kind of hit up Voight and be like, look, you guys, you guys are doing things wrong. Um, Might have been too much. I don't know. I, I'll never know. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Oh, man, that's interesting. And, you know, with the whole theme of reform that's going on this season, I'm sure Voight handled that wisecrack very well. Well, it was funny because he was like, excuse me, and I kind of backed off of it. Um, and it was a really nicely, you know, written scene. Um, but yeah, yeah, stuff gets cut all the time, and it's always good stuff. So it's frustrating. I it wish they would gather it somewhere that we could see, because there have been so many cut scenes over the past couple seasons that, you know, we've just been like, oh, why isn't that included? We would have loved to see that. But yeah, 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 I know there was um, my first the first time I shot an episode and the whole thing got cut. It was uh, a courtroom scene. This was pre justice. Um, and I like LaRoyce was uh, in trouble for something and we were in, in court together. And um, it was a great scene. It was I mean, we actually went down to the to the courthouse at 26th in California in Chicago and like took it over for a night and shot it. And it never made it. I never saw it. So, yeah, it'd be great if they collected them at some point and put them on a DVD for people to watch or streamed them or something. Yeah, so great, so great. So so tell me this then, because you had the scene with Voight. Is Jason Begay as terrifying in real life as he is on screen? Because Voight scares me <laughs> to death. Uh, Jason is not terrifying at all. Jason uh, is a real sweetheart of a guy. He's super gentle. Um, it just uh, on a personal level, he's, he, you know, I get to work with him 
more than probably anybody else in the cast. And he is uh, always accessible, always, you know, generous with his time. Um, a really, really good person to have on set in terms of story. Um, anytime anybody has a question or, or if something seems kind of strange in the script, somebody doesn't understand something, he's always there with an opinion and, and a thought. And they're always good. Like, they're never... They're never out of left field. They're always really, really good. So he's not scary at all. Um, and I, I'm lucky that I get to work with him so much. Yeah. I mean, he seems scary, which means that he does a great job as Voight. So, yeah, you know, that's absolutely. good. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I know you are scheduled to appear in next week's episode, correct? <laughs> that's what they say. I, I, I hope so. But yeah, we, uh, I went, went out there and shot next week's episode as well. So hopefully, uh, hopefully my stuff will stick. Yeah, what can you tease about that? I know that's supposed to be kind of a heavy topic. Um, <clears throat> well, if you've watched the show for a while, and I know you guys have, you know that my role is typically to come in and tell the cops that they're doing something wrong or that they need to take one more step in order for them to get what I need to be able to, to do the prosecution correctly. So you can expect, I, I can't really tease too much, but it's more of the same. Uh, there's a scene with... Um, in Voight's office where there's some evidence that's being presented and um, you know one of the team is is actually making her case and saying this is what we have this is what we think uh, and I you know inform her that she needs to do more work in as polite a way as Steve Cott can <laughs> so um, so yeah that's that's what's up for next week. Cool, cool. And, you know, that kind of segues into the next question. There's a lot of change on PD this season, and one of those is behind the scenes now that we have a new showrunner in Rick Eid. Rick Eid. I think Patty said Eid the other day. Do you know the correct pronunciation? I I think it's Eid, but I'm not sure. Okay. I I, I don't know. Yeah. um, So Rick touted reform as a really big theme for this season, and something I noticed last night was a really big shift in tone for the show. I mean, have you noticed that shift and, you know, the, the the weight of the material this season? Yeah, I mean, I definitely have noticed that, first of all, there's a lot of change. And I think, you know, last night's episode did a good job of setting up what we can expect for this season. I, I think the idea of uh, reform is, is something that we're going to see all season long. But also this new relationship that exists between... Voight and um, McKelty uh, Williamson, who who plays the uh, auditor, I, I forget the character's name, but I, I think we're going to see, you know, that guy being Voight's antagonist quite a bit. So not only are we going to be dealing with, you know, the the crime in every episode that, that we have to investigate and, and check out, but now we've got this whole other sort of bureaucratic political aspect of things. Um, and I think it'll be interesting to watch how Voight and the rest of the intelligence unit has to evolve and change with this sort of new world order that has come down from, you know, very high up. And whenever they say very high up, uh, you know, they're, they're probably saying the, you know, the mayor's office or, or something like that. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely noticed it. And from a practical standpoint, I think what that means is, you know, there's only so much time in an episode. There's 42 minutes or 48 minutes or whatever. And so you have to devote a certain amount of time to each element of, of, of the show that you can. So you've got the crime that's being investigated and you've got the relationships, right? We all want to, you know, talk about and see something going on between, um, you know, with Ruzik and Burgess or, or whoever. 
And then you've got now this third layer, which I think we haven't had before, which is this sort of political bureaucratic end of it. So I think that'll be interesting to see how that plays out going forward. Absolutely. Yeah, we talked about that in last week's episode, how we're really excited that the show is going to reflect what's really going on in our world. So that's going to be a really good, you know, arc to uh, to explore this season. Yeah. So, yeah. And so, um, you know, looking at Steve Cott as a character, you know, something that a lot of people tend to forget is that Steve Cott's daughter was killed in season two. Uh, you remember. You're probably like the only one who remembered. Yeah, yeah no, I remember. Um, and, you know, from a character standpoint, how does that loss influence him and in how he does his job? You know, I think Steve Cott is whenever I, you know, I, I get scripts and then I I go and when we shoot him. Um, Steve Cott is always a, a point. It's it's a weird how do I, I see? I'm, I'm even getting kind of tongue twisted on how to describe this. It's a weird dynamic that Cot has with Boyd. On the one hand, they're both definitely on the same side. They both, you know, want to get the guys who are responsible for the crimes. But on, on the other end of that, there's some conflict there because Voight is Voight and does what he does and has his methods, and they don't always jive with what's exactly legal or by the book. I think Cot after his daughter was killed, I think it's even more complicated for him because the intelligence unit was involved in that. And obviously when a parent loses a child, there's a, a, you know, there can be a shift in personality, but I also think there's probably a little bit of loyalty that took place and, and sort of blossomed between Voight and Cot. And it's one of the reasons I think they kept caught around this long was because there was a little bit of a bond that took place when, when Cot's daughter was killed mm-hmm. on sort of Void's turf. So how does it influence the way I, I, you know, I, I approach Cot? I always am kind of walking that line between being on the same side as, as Void and also throwing stuff in his face and making sure that he knows that he can't get away with certain things. Um, I think it was last season where there was a line, there was a scene between he and I and, and he was telling me something about something that he did. And I think I cut him off. I was like, geez, I just, I just don't want to know, like, don't tell me, you know? And I think that, um, had I not had, had caught, not had that bond as a result of his daughter being killed, maybe he wouldn't turn his back on Voight and just let Voight be Voight. You know, right. so it is it is kind of interesting. And um, uh, yeah, it's it's tricky. We talk about that a lot when we shoot, too. So, yeah. And I think there was a line last season, too. It might have been in that same scene you were referring to. But I think you cut off Voight and you're like, don't talk to me about knowing what it's like to lose your child to violence. Um, yeah, I think I don't know if that was last season or two seasons ago, but that was to Antonio. That was a scene with um, Antonio. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. And of course, everybody was like, what's he talking about? And I was like, I've got yeah. this. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> that's funny. You are a super fan. Uh, no, super just fan. really good attention to detail. <laughs> you know, and... I'm going to cut in for a minute. Yeah, go for it. Was it ever brought up for you to be on Chicago Justice? Um, so not officially, no. Um. You know, obviously, when I heard that justice was happening, it all started as rumors on the set. And there were a lot of people um, who, you know, would kind of um, 
mention, hey, do you, you know, you hear that they're doing a, a lawyer show and you're our only lawyer. I think things are looking good for you. And um, it just never happened. Uh, so uh, it would have been great. Um, but at the same time, I think it's interesting, you know, how how things kind of work out. Um, you know, I'm I'm still kind of around and uh, and for whatever reason, uh, justice didn't work out for uh, for NBC. So um, I think I'm 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 happy to be on PD and uh, it, it would have been great to do justice, but it didn't happen. And I'm still here. How much would Cot have loved to try that case where Atwater was brought up on murder charges? Yeah, I think Cot Cot would love to. Uh, it would be great to see Cot in the courtroom. I think um, that's one thing that the audience has never seen. The other thing that I think would be kind of interesting for Cot is to, um, you know, we kind of have seen with the thing with his daughter back in season two. We've seen him as a victim, but we've never actually seen him deal with it in any way it was just kind of it was a thing that happened and then the next episode they just totally moved on so you know it would also be interesting to see what happens with him if he is somehow involved um in something terrible that happens so i i've of course got my own ideas for cot but of course i'm not in charge (laughs) right right so and i mean as an actor though how much freedom do you usually get over your character like that do you get to make different choices like that about you know how this, how something influences him versus how something doesn't, or backstory. Do you get to choose things like that, or does it just kind of depend? Um, I think there are a lot of answers to that question. You know, the good thing about um, about being an actor on our show is that everybody has uh, a voice. So I'll go in and I'll have a scene and I'll have a particular take on it, and Jason and I, or or Marine and I, or whoever will will shoot it, and you know we'll do it one way and then maybe the director has uh, a different opinion and so we'll try it a different way um and you know it, it just depends on what the editors and and the director at the end of the day after everything's been shot and how, when they're putting it together which which one they choose to go with uh you know sometimes it's my idea sometimes it's it's not um but in terms of building a backstory and thinking about things i kind of have to do that because as you know i'm not in every episode so i don't have like you know, reams and reams of history and paper to go by. Uh, I don't have dozens of scripts to look back on to figure out, you know, how I grew up or whatever, or where I went to law school. I have to kind of make that stuff up on my own. So um, there's a fair amount of, 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 of that, but more importantly usually is what's going on in the rest of the episode and how do I, and in that moment in time, fit in to the picture and more importantly fit in to a relationship with whoever it is that I'm in the scene with. That's really the uh, the homework I have to do every every time I'm there to shoot. Interesting. It's really interesting to me how TV gets made and how it's just a collaborative effort. There's so much effort that goes into the whole thing. It's just, I don't know, nerd alert. But yeah, so... Uh... <laughs> no, it is amazing. It's, it's amazing how many people it takes to work on the show, you guys. And it's also amazing how many hours that these people put in to making the show look sound and feel as good as it does it's um there's literally an army of people behind this thing and um they work you know (laughs) the traditional work day is nine to five well these guys work five to nine i mean they're they're on set at five in the morning and they're they're not home until 9 p.m at night and it's uh it's a lot of work but it's worth it because people really you know love what they're doing that's crazy. Don't they say, like, the courtroom scenes and the bullpen scenes, they can take, you know, 12, 15 hours sometimes? 
Yeah, I mean, it all depends on how long the scene is um, and uh, how many people are, are in it and everything. I mean, I've done plenty of bullpen scenes. I, I don't think I've ever done a bull, one single scene that's taken that long. Um, you know, whenever we do something where there's like, you know, everybody's in it. So you got the whole intelligence unit and maybe, uh, you know, me and, and Amy and somebody else and somebody's walking up the stairs and going out this hallway and through that door. And we have to do it all in, you know, a, a relatively good, smooth take. That can take a long time just because of the choreography. But the good news is, is that whenever we do big scenes like that, we're almost always shooting with three cameras. So they're getting three different angles. Um, whereas in the old days, you know, you'd shoot with like one camera and you'd have to like shoot one direction, do the whole thing, and then break it all down, set up the camera in another direction, relight, and then, you know, that was days and days and days. Today, with the fact of, you know, that we've got multiple cameras going, it can move a lot faster, but it, it can definitely take I mean, I've done bullpen scenes that took four hours to shoot. So, yeah, it's it's a while. Goodness, goodness. So, yeah, and something else I noticed about you, you're Chicago-born and bred. Um, I am. Yeah, I did notice that. And you know what? I actually got to interview LaRoyce maybe about a year ago, and this is something that he, you and LaRoyce have in common. Um, what does it mean to you to star in these shows in this universe that just kind of showcases your hometown? I mean, it's, it's great, and... You know, as an actor who's been around for a long time, but who's not been really visible for a long time, um, it's really cool to be able to to work on a project that like my mom can watch. You know, <laughs> because for so long, in, in when you're a Chicago-based actor, you're not doing things that are very sexy, typically, or very visible, um, and that's fine. You're making a living. You're doing what you want to do. You know, and, and things are great. But you know. I can't tell you the number of times I worked on shows or, or projects that no one ever saw. And to suddenly have something, you know, that's on NBC every week is, is amazing. Um, it's also just, it kind of warms my heart because for a very long time, Chicago was not thought of as a location where you could go and make a TV show and have it be successful. And, you know, obviously Dick Wolf came in in 2012 or 13 uh, or 11, I forget exactly when the year was with fire, shot the pilot and off we off we went, you know, and when it when it happened, I remember because I, I auditioned for for fire to begin with uh, back in the when they were shooting the pilot. And I remember thinking, well, I hope this one does well, because we had just come off of a bunch of TV shows that had only, you know, one season and then they were canceled. So to to go to remember what that was like you know auditioning for i think i auditioned for mills um uh for fire in the pilot and and to remember like where we were then compared to where chicago is now where it really is looked at as a great destination to make really good tv um it just makes me feel good that i was kind of a little tiny part of 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 that development yeah, I'm trying to wrap my head around you as Mills, uh, now that you said that. <laughs> not not going to happen, and there was a good reason why that didn't happen. Charlie was great. So. Yes, go on. <laughs> what was that reason? <laughs> That's great. No, no, no. I just, I mean, my, my audition, I'm sure it was fine. I hardly remember it, but um, I, I mean, obviously, there just wasn't a spot for me in that cast, and, and rightfully so. I mean, everybody they cast, obviously, does a great job and is very much the character that you know that they were put in they were they were cast for so it it's always interesting you know sometimes you um 
you audition for stuff and you're like, you think you're right for it, but then you don't get it and you, you see who did and you're like, oh, well, that makes sense. That guy's totally more Mills than me or more whoever, mm-hmm. you know, so it's it's just part of the job, part of being an actor. But you did start on fire, right? Didn't you have a minor role on fire before you came to PD? You did your homework. Maybe. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, that's so funny. Um, yeah, I played a surgeon on fire. I did one episode um, where I talked to Taylor about his, his uh, ailing shoulder and did that. Um, and then, yeah, a couple of, uh, I guess it was about a year, year and a half later, um, got the call to audition for this uh, state's attorney guy on PD. Oh, so that was like early season one then, like really early season one. Yeah, I want to say it was like episode eight. It was like 108 or 107, something like that. Oh my goodness, that's crazy. So yeah, and I mean, taking it back five years ago. So one of your other credits, because yes, we did our homework. Um, you were on the Mob Doctor on an episode of that, correct? <laughs> I was. Okay. If you blinked, you missed me, but I was there. Yeah. Okay, and we all know that that show had you know a baby Jesse Lee Soffer. So uh-huh. we're curious if you have any baby Jesse stories to share. <laughs> I have. Uh, I have no baby Jesse stories to share. Uh, my scene was not with him. I had one scene on on Mob Doctor. Um, uh, uh, all I remember is that I was, uh, I was playing a dad and my wife was this really lovely Chicago based actress named Karen Anglin. Um, and it was really more about her. I think she, her, she had like a big, you know, drama sort of like cry scene or something where she had to ball. And so I was just sort of there, you know, holding her hand or whatever. Um, but I was not with, not with Jesse. So <laughs> sorry, I don't, I don't have anything anything juicy for you as far as uh mob doc stories no nah, we're not looking for juicy we're just looking for funny you know <laughs> stuff we can air on twitter and be like haha jesse that's funny so <laughs> yeah little thing so and yeah and i mean as somebody who is a recurring character and you know you kind of come in and out of the universe i mean are you a fan of the franchise do you watch the other shows like regularly i do i i definitely watch pd all the time because i uh, i have to keep up on what's going on um you know, a a little tidbit, I don't get the scripts that I'm not in. So if I'm not working on the episode, I really don't know what's going on. So I have to watch like everybody else and, and, uh, and find out what happens. So I watch all the episodes of PD. I, I do like fire and I'm just, I won't watch all of them all the time. I'll kind of go through waves up and down where I'll catch, you know, uh, the, you know, like two or three in a row and then I'll miss one. Um, and same thing with Matt. I, I enjoy working uh, or watching them. Um, but in terms of like doing my homework, I make sure I focus on PD. Cool, cool. And I mean, something else that I love to touch on, too, is because, I mean, you know, the three of us, yeah, we're passionate about Chicago, but we watch other shows, too. So we're curious. I mean, what, <laughs> what other shows are you into right now? It's just a crazy time for television and there's just so much to choose from. It is. And it's all I don't want to say it's all good, but there's a lot of good stuff. Um <laughs> I guess the uh, I'm really looking forward to Stranger Things coming out in you know for Halloween. I can't wait to see what happens to Barb because I mean something had to happen to Barb, and so yeah, I can't wait for that. Um, the other thing that I've uh, that I discovered and I watched in like three days was Ozark um, on Netflix, which is fantastic. Really? Like, have you guys seen it? No. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So you have to watch it. I was a big Sopranos fan. Okay. And what I liked, what I loved about Sopranos was its use of tension. How, you know, 
nobody could be saying or doing anything on screen, but you could be dreading whatever whatever's going to happen next. And I have to say that Ozark has that special kind of tension going for it. Um, so yeah, highly, highly recommend Ozark. Um, I just caught, uh, the good doctor, I think, is it, is it ABC? Yes. Just premiered last night. Was that good? Uh, Or two two nights ago. Yeah, I liked it. I mean, pilots are always weird. You know, you, you watch a pilot of a show and basically the pilot's job is to set up the universe, set up the world and introduce you to everybody. And I felt like, uh, you know, it did that, but I'm also kind of intrigued by what is going to come next. Um, so that I think is going to be interesting. I'm also, you know, kind of thinking SEAL Team on CBS looks is looking pretty good. Um, I got to rewatch the, that pilot. I watched it last night and I wasn't impressed. But okay, see, I haven't. I have they broadcast the pilot yet? Yeah, it was last night. Okay, I haven't seen it, but I I kind of have high hopes for it. Is it? It wasn't for you, huh? I got kind of bored midway through, but I mean, I got to give it another try. I'm always willing to try yeah. a pilot, but you know, I, I got to give it another try. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, definitely, uh, you know, check out Ozark because I think you'll, uh, I I think you'll like it. Noted. 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 Yeah. I got it. And then the good doctor too. I got to check out. It got preempted for Monday night football the other night. Oh yeah. (laughs) Cowboys problems. (laughs) Um, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's, I'm trying to look through all of our other questions. Ashley, did you have anything else that you were thinking of? No, I'm good. I haven't thought of anything else. Oh, I'll think. I got one here. So something that the fans have wanted to see forever is a blooper reel. We have begged and begged for it. And Derek's (laughs) like, no, everybody curses too much. And we're like, yeah, that's okay. Do you have any bloopers from your time on set? Uh, Oh, my gosh, yeah. Um, I am certainly, I don't know if I'm king of the bloopers, but yeah. I mean, I make mistakes like everybody else. Um, But yeah, that would be fantastic because some of the bloopers are truly amazing you know because it's such a heavy show like we deal with this really heavy subject matter and it's also complicated like the words that have to come out of your mouth sometimes if you don't say this stuff every day it's tricky you know so there's a lot of uh if they ever decide to release a blooper reel there's going to be some awesome stuff on there yeah awesome stuff we're begging for it but derek thinks we can't handle the cursing (laughs) whatever (laughs) yeah yeah the cursing there's a lot of cursing for sure (laughs) I, i see his point (laughs) <laughs> that's funny so well yeah so, um i think that's all the questions we've got um thank you so much for coming on we appreciate it oh, so welcome. much yeah this was fun i hope you had a good time um, no i had a great time and good luck you guys when i heard that you guys were doing this podcast i was first of all shocked that no one else uh, no one had done it before and second of all i was like this makes perfect sense there's a huge fan base and nobody is doing this i think it's a brilliant idea and i'm so glad you're doing it so congratulations for thinking of it and pursuing it and continuing to do it and good luck with it i think it's uh, gonna be great thank you so much thank you yeah we're we, we figured we got tired of there being no space for it so we were like let's just do this so yeah and there you have it there is our interview with chris again a special thank you to him for coming on the show If you haven't listened yet, go ahead and circle back and listen to episode five, where we talk about Chicago PD season five, episode one called Reform. If you've already listened to that, then we will see you on Monday for Chicago Fire season six, episode one called It Wasn't Enough. Bye.